everyone. Uh, my name is Wendy Ernzen, and I'm your host of Let's Plant Houses. So today, um, I have a very special guest, Jenny. And um, Jenny and I have been friends for couple of decades, I'd say, right, Jenny? Yeah. <laughs> and so Jenny's going to tell us a little bit about her story. So Jenny, how about we, uh, if you wouldn't mind just telling the listeners a little bit about your family, let's start there. That sounds great. I have been married to my husband for 23 years. Uh, we have a son, Jack, who's 21, a daughter, Addison, who's 19. And we're just a very active family that loves to travel, boating, laughing, doing things together. We've pretty tight knit and I'm pretty blessed that way. And you have amazing kids. Thank you. So speaking of your kids, so Jack is amazing. Yes, and he is. I was wondering if you could, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about um, Jack, like when he was little. Well, when Jack was little, Jack was a temperamental baby, but just colicky, sure. nothing big. Um, but he was just always a sweet boy who liked to play with his cars, play with his toys. And around three, I would say, my pediatrician saw a few red flags and talked to about us about his eye contact. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing was is he could read because he memorized all his books. Right. He could play. He could ride a bike. He could, I mean, not, he wasn't riding a bike then, but he could do things. So <laughs> He was really physical yes, and active, though. Yes, he was a very active little boy. He loved the water, loved everything. There were some sensory things, loud noises. Mm -hmm. There was a few things that we kind of wanted dogs barking. Certain things upset him. Right. And he was getting fussy with food, textures mm. of food. So those were some weird things that we wanted to explore. So my pediatrician suggested, let's find like a play group, a preschool. Maybe he goes a few mornings a week. Sure. Because this was like in July and schools weren't really coming back yet right, for you, testing. So you had weeks yeah, before. Yeah, weeks. Mm -hmm. So I did get a hold of my local district, and we put uh, him in preschool screening. Okay. And when we did that, um, we started with the play group at the preschool, and it went fine. It was just three mornings a week. Sure. No big deal. I never. They never really gave much feedback. So it was more of a time to play and do ac activities. Then we... Got him screened for preschool, and they suggested we put him in a program called, it was ECDD, and it was for three-year-olds. It was a three-, four-year-old program. Mm -hmm. Three-year-olds went in the morning. They rode the bus every day. I think, actually, they started out in the afternoon. So the bus would pick him up mm -hmm. four days a week, went to school. We did that, and his teacher was amazing. She used records. She would, uh, to get the vocabulary going, gave him little microphones to say their address. That was their big deal. Oh, that's awesome. So he learned a lot of really important things. It's lots of data that lots yes. of kids are supposed to learn. So, so he was great. doing better. But yeah. there were still some, I would say, concerns that we just kept rolling with. Okay. The second year when he was four, the teacher called me with a couple concerns. And it was a little bit about food and a little bit about, you know, just checking in with me. Maybe I should, she really didn't say this, but maybe we should see a neurologist um, and talk to, if there was something neurologically wrong. Okay. What I find out now it's is- It's kind we, of a big question. It is. It is. And what I found out now is we probably should have went to a psychologist first. Okay. But we didn't. We listened to our pediatrician and okay. we went to see a really great um, doctor. The problem was, as it was so early on in autism, mm. they weren't jumping the gun to give a diagnosis. He said, your son can read, he can write, 
He can do so many things. At four. At four. Yeah. He was riding a bike at four and a half. Right. I mean, he was doing so many things that typical, they were saying at the time, they, I when I say they, I mean, most medical professionals yeah. were saying, oh, well, no. Well, what we found out, you know, is it's all different. So when Jack right, was, yeah, so we, you know, he did go to, um, he moved on, went to regular kindergarten. Mm -hmm. He had a really great teacher and we chose half day kindergarten because we just weren't sure. Sure. Looking back, I should have just put him in full day. It would have been well, better, but I did that. It was and, the best information at yes. the time. And when, during that time, we'd have always had him in like gymboree play groups. Sure. We did a lot. We did that from infancy. We also did swimming lessons since he was six months old. Mm -hmm. And so he always swam and we always kept him active. Sure. Um, I think we just decided um, after talking to the doctor, he had a processing disorder. Okay. And as I was telling you earlier, it this is- This was the neurologist. Yeah, um, the neurologist, but the neurologist didn't want to say that. Okay. My pediatrician said it's like telling a joke to somebody and they laugh three hours later. Mm. So I use that analogy to describe him mm -hmm. most of his life. Yeah. And he's still that way. It's not that he doesn't get it. No, it just might take no. him in his own time. Absolutely. He actually, speeding up night to how many years, we never really got a diagnosis until we saw a psychiatrist when he was 17. Wow. 18. Yeah. And the school labeled him. That was the other thing. The school, when he was in second grade, had an autism consultant come in. Mm -hmm. And we kind of felt like she she could just look at somebody and say they had autism. We just weren't 100% sold on her diet. But we okay. got him an IEP okay. when he was in second grade because we just wanted to help him. We wanted to get through all the red tape. Sure. So I guess you could say they felt he had autism. Okay. But we never got an official But you're like, whatever, it, whatever it takes to yeah. get him the, the resources he needed to support him best in sure. school. Okay. Sure. So really, that's how it all came down. And the IEP was probably the best thing we got for him because it allowed him to get extra help in school, mm -hmm. extra help on tests, mm -hmm. and allowed him to... Just go to public school. And I say there were hiccups. There's always hiccups. Of course. But it was the best thing we did early on was get him into school. Right. And getting him the supports within the schools. Absolutely. Okay. And that's hard, too. And you have to mm -hmm. advocate for yourself. Tell me a little bit about that. I found so many things that I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one thing I do, I do stress is getting having them... Try everything. Try sports. Try, you know, being adventurous. Go to the movies. You got sometimes you just have to make them get out there and try things. Right. And that really, um, that really drove um, us to keep pushing. The problem is, is you have to do it. Nobody will do it for you. Right. As you and I have talked, mm -hmm. you can, you can put all the time and money into dealing with the school, or you really have to do it yourself. Right, or you can just go outside the school. You have to go outside the school. I mean, we went to, I, we were talking earlier, we found a place near us, it was a sensory systems, it used to be called, I think it's changed names since then. At the time, insurance wouldn't cover it. It was $95 an hour. Mm. And at the end, my husband said, well, he can go jump in a thing of balls 
at McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, and the lady even said, "I'm not seeing what I usually see." Okay. So then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, because they're basically saying like he was too, um, he wasn't severe enough to to see like the impact of yes. going to a place like that. But yet you're like, but we're trying to find every little bit to help him. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's hard. I think that in a nutshell, that's how we started the whole process is early intervention okay. at three, four years old. And so once you got these types of supports, how did his life change? Like, w- like did it get easier for him being in school? Did, you know, did, did it seem like things um, got a little bit better? Or It did. I call it a roller coaster. And okay. I call it elementary school. He was really lucky and probably had some of the best teachers. Mm-hmm. And he did. The teachers ev- make such a difference. They do. Elementary was a lot better. In fifth grade... Some of the mean kids came out. Okay, we started noticing with puberty he's and gen- everything. And he's in general ed. Yes. Yeah. Um, he did get resource help. Yeah. Uh, but still, yeah, there were the mean kids came out. Okay. But until then, he did clubs. He had a supportive. There were just supportive people all around him. Elementary was. He might have had a bad day. Things happen. Because everybody has bad days. They do, but it was the <laughs> teachers that were just wonderful. That's wonderful. In elementary, and it was in our neighborhood, so it was always. I always said that was not a bad experience, but about fifth grade, we started noticing some behaviors and him being a little more excluded because kids were growing up. Mm-hmm. And when you aren't, when you are socially awkward, it doesn't fly. Right. As you're becoming a, you know, preteen. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was going to. No, I was just going to, you know, middle school. Was the harder transition. Sure. Those mean kids got meaner. Okay. And we really had to step up and get our administration. We had to make we had to make a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. and we had to advocate. And we had to do a lot of research and had to get got really mad at a lot of teachers. Okay. A lot of things that were happening were unacceptable. Mm. And in eighth grade, we really had to put our foot foot down. And when we did that, Finally, the administration kind of started getting it, um, which made a big difference. Um, And going to high school, that was just a lot of adjustment. Like we were saying earlier, he had to learn how to take tests, you know, Mm -hmm. on a Scantron, you know, filling them out. That was the biggest struggle to knew he had to do. 100-question test. Well, not to mention, you just said, like, he had the sensory processing mm-hmm. issue or concern, and maybe he knew the answers three hours later, mm-hmm. but he may not know it, you know, in that a lot of time that most kids are taking tests. Yes. So then, like you, like you're saying, so maybe it's giving him more time to take tests or take t- tests just a little bit differently. Yes. So that way, he's still getting the information, sure. demonstrating that he understands the information, but giving him the opportunity because he just needs a little extra support. Yes, and he needed tests read to him. And when we sure. started doing that, and then using his phone, taking yeah. notes from the board, getting things in the IEP that made such a difference. Um, Talk to me a little bit more about those techniques, Jenny, because you know what? I know it sounds like no big deal, like you had this list, but a lot of parents don't even think no. about those tools. So tell us just a little bit more about the kinds of supports like that. I'm just curious. Well, one thing that they can do is for all the testing, mm-hmm. they can have headphones mm-hmm. and it's read to them. Okay. 
that's one thing. The second thing is... And that's good for kids that are auditory listeners mm-hmm. or auditory learners as opposed to people who, like, reading is harder. Right. Okay. Um, one thing that, like I said, the using your technology appropriately, like taking pictures, using notes... Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things we always had in both of our, my son's IEP in particular. We always had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just extra time on things. How did you think to learn to ask for these things? Because as parents, <clears throat> we don't always know all the options that are available. How did you know? There was a really good IEP coordinator mm-hmm. who gave me everything. Okay. And that's how I learned. I wouldn't have known this if it wasn't. And a little backstory on me, I work in special education. I've worked for uh, almost 18 years in special education right. with cognitively impaired kids, mm-hmm. students with autism, a lot, all disabilities. There were things I learned, but then these, I, the, like an IEP coordinator really gave me the foundation of what I should be asking for. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's really how it all went down. And one thing I want to remind people is I never stopped pushing him to try things. Yep. And when Jack was... And a freshman, he did the ROTC program. Did he? And he was in that for two years. The program got canceled. But it was crazy. He had to learn how to march, learn how to put a uniform on. Yeah. And I had to do a lot for him, I have to admit, like putting all the things and making sure he was- Like medals and everything. Yeah. It was a little more work for me and anxiety for me. But (laughs) he did that. And he was on the swim team all four years. He swam the 500, which is about 19 times back and forth. Um, that's a life skill. It's a life skill. And he's always been a good swimmer and, you know, not going to the Olympics, but could swim. And it was, those were the things as I kept pushing mm-hmm. and I pushed him to go to dances, go yeah. to the homecoming. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I felt that Rites was really, really important. You go, you do everything. Right. And that was the saddest thing that happened was COVID because he had just started working with MRS. Tell, wait, what does that MRS stand for? Um, Michigan Rehabilitation Services. Okay. What do they do here? They in do. They help you. Um, they came into our IEP. And what they do is they help you with job skills training. Mm-hmm. They get you a job. Yep. You get paid. Yep. And you do that job and maybe another at the same time. You get to work in a lot of, um, a lot of times Meyer, Kroger, a lot of the big grocery stores. Yep. Hotels. Um, and they provide job coaching too, right? They do. They go right to work with them. They help them get a resume together. It's amazing. He was scared. Uh, Jack was scared to do it. Sure. Because it's new. Yes. He goes, how am I going to go to school, swim, and get a job? I said, well, you can work Saturday and Sunday. And that's what we did. He went and worked at a bowling alley Saturday and Sunday, vacuumed the bowling alley in the morning. It's great. And then he worked at a pet store and put crickets in containers. <laughs> Um, that was really cool, though. I mean, yeah. he got that experience. It was sad because then everything stopped. Oh, because of COVID. Yes. And then no prom. We don't know about graduation. Mm-hmm. We don't know this and that. And MRS stopped. I mean, we couldn't get the right. services. Finally, in, I want to say the end of July, August, they reached back out. This was in 21? 20. Okay. And said, listen, he can go to work at uh, uh, Gordon Food. He went to Gordon Food. Okay. He worked there for a while. Okay. Then he went to uh, a Marriott Hotel, mm-hmm. worked there for a while, and then they're going, we're ready. Let's go interview. He went, they got interviews set up for him. He went to Gordon Food, and he went to Kroger. 
and interviewed, and they said he did a great job. Um, the company, they outsourced to, like, it, the company was called Bridges. Okay. And that's where the job coaching came from. And they worked very hard. The problem was is all the job coaches changed so much because they start and they quit. They start and they well, quit because they don't pay them. I also think COVID, for anything yes. that was, like, a lower-paying job, yeah. just kind of yeah. yeah messed that up. So. So that's basically, you know, we used all the resources. And a lot of times I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> I was just been in my wheels, been like, you're going to do this. So in January of 21, he got hired. And he's been at Croker. That'll be three years in January. That is amazing. It is amazing. And he did take driver's training, passed everything, drove the Mackinac Bridge, <laughs> not with me and my husband. And with COVID, another thing that happened was, his permit, he was 18, so he didn't have to take the segment two. Right. So one thing that happened was he um, had to go and take the test, which he didn't do well on, and it gave him a lot of anxiety. It is a, it is a, t- it it is a hard test. test. They yeah. say it's hard for anybody. Yeah, no doubt. And he's taken it since then um, with transportation. He rides his bike to work, or we drive him. Yep. Um, and I'm very proud of him for that. It's about eight miles, and he drives. He has his backpack, packs all his stuff, his lunch, a rain jacket because you got to be prepared. Yeah, no doubt. And he does that. And when he's ready, if he wants to get his driver's license, we'll support him. Yeah. But right now, this works. Well, then I think that's perfect. I do too. <laughs> right. And he's making money and saving, and yeah. So that makes me happy that he's able to. And he like for instance, he has his own bank card. And one thing we did for Jack was... So we, what card was that? Like his bank card. Oh, bank card. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. through the bank, we yeah. set up a credit card yep. with $500 limit on it and an ATM card. But he pays for everything so on his credit card. His, he's managing And he finances. pays it off yeah. every week. Because I don't, we don't believe in charging rent. And Jack doesn't qualify for anything. Mm. You think about it. If you make... And I want to say it's over 14000 you don't qualify for anything. Yeah, it disqualifies you from yeah, having any I've, kind of yeah. uh, like social security mm-hmm. or yeah, absolutely. So, which benefits. is sad, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, and right. So, that's pretty much a nutshell of all that. So, I mean, Jenny, you guys have gone through you know so many iterations of different things that you've worked on because, like you said, you've had ebbs and flows mm-hmm. in Jack's life. So. And as special needs parents, I know we've had plenty of these mm-hmm. plant a house moments, I like to call them, where as parents, we have to make the impossible possible. Mm-hmm. What is one of those memory or one of those moments you might want to share with our listeners? There's a couple, but the one was um, impossible moments. I mean, that you had to make possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, letting him drive. Oh, no doubt. I was scared to death. And he <laughs> did all right. Um, but talk a little bit about graduation, because we're at one point. Folks trying to talk you into a certificate of completion. Yes. And- when he was a freshman, he took biology. And I always said I took biology, too, because I never was good in school. I had to work my tail off. Sure. As many okay. of us do. I just did not do the science stuff. And he was struggling. And so we had a meeting with the teacher, mm-hmm. and we had a meeting with his caseload teacher, co-teacher. I mean, we had everybody there. Right. And the lady goes, well, we can always just do a certificate of completion. Right. And I said, No. He can do this. Can you tell listeners a little bit about that difference? Because I know you well, being in, in the, the thing education. thing is, is, there's goods and bads. Certificate of completion is when basically you just, you don't have to take the core classes. The requirements. Like the, yes. Yeah. Um, certificate of completion gives a student the opportunity to go actually get a lot more services right. after graduation. Right. 
For instance, you can go on to a secondary program. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to school till you're 26. 20, exactly. Yeah. With a high school diploma, it's a little different. He's He was smart. I didn't want him not to have a college opportunity, if he wanted. Right. Or any kind of technical. Like a technical program. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that's kind of, that's why we made that call. So we made a conscious effort to just really focus on study skills, making cards, going over. But that took sitting at the table till late at night. But that's because you knew he had the potential. Exactly. Right? And so what I heard you, because what you shared with me offline, listeners, but what you were sharing with me is that um, at that time, they were like, well, we could just do a certificate completion because then we don't have to push Jack to do all these things. And you're like, well, no, 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 no. I know Jack has to, because you know your kid. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is that, again, as a parent, it's up to you not only advocate, but then you've got to be the person like there Absolutely. supporting, pushing your kid because of you don't you don't want to miss out on those opportunities. Absolutely. And he, um, it was really interesting. Uh, his pediatrician said, the beginning of biology is always the worst. They should turn <laughs> it around. Because as it went on, he was so interested in things. And mm -hmm. it's also sparked other interests. Oh. He reads about things, um, science-related. Yeah. Um, it's actually sparked a lot of, and a lot of the world history. He remembered things. And he yeah. learned. So by pushing and pushing, and that that's what it took. It took a lot of, again, parents advocating, parents at home. What you do at home is so important. No doubt. I mean, the home, the structure at home, no doubt makes the biggest difference. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so it sounds like, well, why don't you share a little bit about, like, what's the day in the life with you guys now? Well, it's really funny. Um, he, Jack, went and advocated for himself to work days. Okay. Because he used to work, like, 4 to 10, and he didn't like it. And he loved, loved the people, but he liked being there during the day. Sure. And he liked his evenings. He liked his family time. He wanted to be more normal, like a normal work schedule. Yeah. So he works. Uh, and Croker said to him they didn't know if they were going to be able to give him that many hours. Right. Because he's seniority. Well, they've actually given him above and beyond. Oh, that's Because amazing. he shows up every day. Yep. He takes a lot of pride in how he looks. Mm -hmm. Very good hygiene. Mm -hmm. Very well-groomed. Uh, which are huge things. Yeah. And you know that. It's all about presenting yes. yourself to the world. And yeah. that was something I was really strict about when he was younger. How you look, I know it shouldn't matter, but it does matter. Life is hard enough. Right. If you can't get up and shower and put clean clothes on, <laughs> you're going to always struggle. But if you can just get through that obstacle, yep. that's one thing I can't stress enough. So usually he's really self-sufficient. He wakes up quite early. Mm -hmm. He wakes up sometimes before me. <laughs> he likes to get up. Have his breakfast. He watches. He plays on his computer. Likes to do a lot of a lot of maps. Look at things. Look at lakes. Look at cottages. Very interested in geography. Yep. Does a lot of that. Then he always goes outside and skateboards for about an hour. That's great. Get some physical yes. activity before he, he goes walks. To work. Yeah. Takes a walk. Um. Not into video games at all. Never played a video game. He tried. Just wasn't his thing. Yeah. And typically, he packs his own lunch. Gets ready for work, uh, checks in with my husband and I, always checks in. Is there anything you need? Mm -hmm. How's your day going? Very polite. He's very close with uh, some of my cousins. He'll mm -hmm. text them mm -hmm. and some of my friends. He just, because he doesn't have a lot of friends, 
he's very, um, you know, it can be isolating. Yeah. But he really tries, he tries in his way to stay close with the people. Sure. And that's been really important because he needs to feel that way. He's 21 now. Right. So he doesn't, um, he doesn't, I'll, I'll say this is hilarious. We went to Mexico at Christmas mm -hmm. and went to uh, Senior Frogs. And we said, Jack, you're 20, you know, he was not quite 21, but I go, you're in Mexico. You were going to sit down and you can order a margarita or something. Right. We sat down and we were all sitting there and we were visiting. Jack took the whole margarita and just slammed it. And we go, what are you doing? He goes, he goes, well, he goes, what? I just thought we were getting a quick drink and leaving. He didn't understand the concept of sitting at a bar and visiting. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big kid, so we weren't too worried, but we were like, no, 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 no. You don't do that. You're like, like, okay, water is next for you. <laughs> no, and he didn't even care. He doesn't really like the taste, but he was in Mexico and wanted to Oh, yeah, uh, he, wanted try, to, be yeah cool. he wanted to participate. So, yeah, but he just like took the whole thing, <laughs> you know, down. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess... Jenny, with your vast knowledge and experience, I know that we have just a few more minutes. If you're going to share something, you know, with a family new to this journey, what would be some advice that you would give them? I would seek, um, talk to your family doctor. If you don't like what somebody says, go somewhere else. Okay. Number one, uh, keep pushing. Um, I would take, I would go to any therapy, any, um, Psychiatrist, I would really recommend going everywhere. Mm -hmm. Never stop because you could find out it may not be autism. Right. What if your child has a hearing problem? Right. That, that was never diagnosed. What if your child had something else? Never. I would not stop. What, you know, one thing we found out was um, my son has a lot of dental problems. Mm hmm. He has also weird cardiology, like he's had to see a cardiologist just for some of his levels and things. What if some of those things are factors? Right. Really take the time to see the doctors. And believe me, I know it's hard and I know it's expensive, but use that. Do any type of therapy you can. Mm -hmm. Like we talked speech therapy. That's what they only did. Occupational therapy. Anything you can do. Right. And try to reach out to people who are, if you can... To get a community of people who back you up and are on your side. Right. Uh, it's hard. To, it was hard at the time for me when he was real little because friends are like, why is he acting that way? As you right. know. Right. Because kids don't always understand. And they don't yeah. understand. And parents don't understand. Well, if that was my kid, well, <laughs> yeah. you and I know. Yeah. And people have a lot of opinions. But you're right. Getting a supportive group of people around you mm -hmm. who understand your, your child and understand your situation is so important. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're very Jenny. welcome. It was a pleasure. Um, I really just, you know, I'm just grateful that you were able to share your story today and just hearing how Jack's doing. It sounds like he's doing amazing. Yes. Awesome. So thank you. You're very welcome. Um, so again, my name is Wendy Ernson, and I'm your host of Let's Plant Houses. And I hope that you can tune in next time. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.